Hello, Feisties. I'm Sarah Gross, CEO and founder of Feisty Media. And I'm here to tell you that our foundational strength training course, Strong, is on sale now through April 10th. If you're like me, you probably get a lot of crap in your Instagram or Facebook feed telling you how you should look or how you will feel if you look a certain way. As summer approaches, this only gets worse. We are told we should have a quote unquote summer body as if our bodies somehow morph into something completely different just because the weather changes. And frankly, over here at Feisty Media, we are totally sick of it. Because at Feisty, our vision is to build an empowering culture for active women. We want to shift our attention away from what our bodies look like and focus instead on what our bodies can do especially during the summer months when having the physical strength to do the activities we love is so important. The Strong Course is designed to take any woman, regardless of your starting point, through everything you need to know to level up your strength training journey. It includes a 16-week program to help you progress from wherever you are to lifting heavy or heavy-ish with dumbbells or a barbell. It also includes modules on the physiology of strength training for women, nutrition, how we keep ourselves injury free and more. I want every woman to be able to do the things that bring her joy and be strong enough to do them for life. Enrollment in this course is now open and you can sign up and learn more at womensperformance.com forward slash strong or check the show notes of this episode for the link. And for those of you who are among the 800 women who have already taken the Strong Course with one of our previous cohorts, congratulations on taking the plunge. And to the rest of you, see you in the course in April. Make this summer your strongest and best ever. Head over to womensperformance.com forward slash strong today. Woman on a Rampage, after Maya Angelou and the woman of Freeride. I don't know why I'm surprised that the argument is so simple. You aren't good enough. No tall tales about lack of time or finances or viewership, of fans or understanding. Just, we don't think you can, and that infuriates me. Because it's been proven over and over again that the one thing a woman can do is rise. On big air, I'll rise. On thin skin, I'll rise. On shoots as tall as the steepest waterfall, watch me whip your expectations into scrambled eggs. Feel them melt, with your mouth wide open, tongue hanging like the breath in the back of my throat before I drop in, and the thrill I get careening down the cliff. I want you to feel it too. The joy of overcoming, of being airborne, of soaring higher than the eye can see, when you didn't think we could, and I wasn't sure when we would, but still, like air, we rise. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Business of Fitness podcast with me, Molly Herford. So today is a little something different. I'm really excited about it. We are talking to my first author with Strong Girl Publishing, Mackenzie Myatt. So Mackenzie and I met, I think, maybe six or seven years ago at a camp where I was a coach and she was one of the national team athletes for Canada. She's an endurance mountain biker and just such a talent on the bike. 
Uh, but what I really loved about her is she's also a very creative individual as well. So even then she was writing poetry and we really connected on the writing level, obviously, uh, and stayed in touch for a lot of years. And honestly, Mackenzie is one of the reasons I started Strong Girl Publishing. Uh, she's one of the young women who was asking me about how do you get published? How do you write a book? How do you, you know, make this stuff happen? And she was one of the people that I kind of had in mind as I was thinking about the lack of opportunities for, uh, you know, women to be telling their stories about sport, uh, especially in print media, particularly books, particularly in the traditional publishing world. Uh, you know, there are some really big books in, in the traditional publishing world. Obviously, a lot of uh, top-level runners are doing really well with memoir-type books. But, uh, you know, in my opinion, they're geared towards an older audience, which is obviously makes perfect sense. Uh, but I think we're missing that young adult crowd, and I think that's where women tend to drop out of sport. So to me, that was really important. Uh, if you want to hear more about Strong Girl Publishing, you can go back to the solo episode I did about that back in July. Uh, but what I wanted to talk to Mackenzie about today is really about how she, you know, ha how she's figured out the writing process, how she put together a lot of her book and a lot of the PR that she's done for herself. Um, what's really impressed me about Mackenzie as we've gone through this book prep process is that she is very invested in the marketing and the public relations side of things which obviously I'm very excited about, very proud of, especially as a publisher with, you know, limited resources in terms of both time and money. I am a company of one here. So obviously to have an author who is as invested in getting their book out there as I am is super, super helpful. Uh, so I thought it was a really interesting thing because she's been really focused on going local with where she's kind of directing her publicity efforts. Uh, which I think is super smart. And it's something that a lot of us tend to not think about in this very like global economy we're living in today. Uh, you know, we tend to think of, oh, we need to have this big presence on Instagram. We need to be online with our business. And we kind of forget the power of local press. And I mean, honestly, I was so impressed back in July, Mackenzie managed to get on a couple different local TV stations, but they're, you know, or they're part of like a major media conglomerate. So uh, you know, there's so much potential when you think about being a little more local, like lean into where you are rather than thinking about creating these very global brand identities. Obviously, they're not mutually exclusive. You can do both. Uh, but I thought it was a really cool take. So really excited to dive into that, talk about the writing process, talk about the editing process and the design uh, and all that fun stuff. So uh, hopefully you enjoy this conversation with Mackenzie, whether you're thinking about writing a book or whether you're just thinking about ways to promote your small business. I think this is a great one, especially going into the holidays as we're thinking about ways to make our Q4 more profitable than ever. All right, without further ado, enjoy this chat with Mackenzie Myatt. All right. I am here with Mackenzie Myatt, my first author at Strong Girl Publishing. And we were all about talking about poetry and writing and PR and all of this fun stuff. So first of all, Mackenzie, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you, Molly. I'm happy to be here. So when did you start? Actually, I was going to start with when did you start writing poetry, but I'm actually going to start with give us your like sport background because I know so much of your poetry is informed by your athletic career. So give me the, the quick story of your journey into cycling. Ooh. Um, so I got into cycling doing 
kids short track mountain bike races in Halifax. My dad got my brother and I into it. Um, and we were just doing local stuff, provincial stuff. Um, I was a gymnast for a long time at the same time. So I would do gymnastics in the winter and mountain bike in the summer. Um, and then I, uh, quote, retired from gymnastics when I was 16. That's what they say. <laughs> um, Ooh, and we think cyclists have early <laughs> retirement ages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 16 you're you're cut off, but, uh, you're out. no, I was, I was content with what I'd done there. Um, and I was 17. That was the first year that I actually rode my bike through the winter. And then the very next summer, I had a podium at Junior Nationals, Junior Mountain Bike Nationals. And uh, that was awesome. And I actually didn't realize, but that result qualified me for Junior World Championships in Andorra in 2015, which was extremely cool. Uh, that was that was an amazing experience. Um, and I was like, wow, this is working and this is super fun. So I'm going to keep doing this. And that was, that was kind of the jumping off point for um, several years of uh, national team stuff, traveling to Europe, racing World Cups, um, other national championship podiums. Um, I got recruited to go uh, to the States for university. Uh, on a collegiate cycling scholarship in 2016. So I moved down to Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Bit of a culture shift from <laughs> Nova Scotia. From Muscadabit Harbor, yes. <laughs> um, I had a lot of success there. Um, I think that was a really influential part of my cycling career. I learned how to race to win because the yeah. level was just just right you know kind of like talking yeah. about Goldilocks um so I was able to win regional races but I was also able to like reasonably say okay I want to perform at a national championships so I was racing cyclocross mountain bike and road for um, SCAD Atlanta and uh, so let's also like say like you went to the College of Art and Design was that just because of like was that like a kind of happy accident with cycling or was that kind of on your radar as far as colleges you really wanted to go to no I wasn't thinking about that at all um, and actually the only reason I chose writing was because I knew I always loved writing. I wasn't planning on going to school for writing, but everything else was like too artsy. <laughs> <laughs> so I did have to take actually a bunch of design classes, which was really interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, I got to focus on on writing, which is now. Do you think do you think the design classes actually informed your poetry? Because I do, I do feel like poetry in particular is like has elements of design in it, whether it's how it looks or even just kind of like the nature of it feels a bit more like artistic than 
pros? Yeah, um, I think definitely maybe more in like the actual design of the book. But I think the biggest thing was I took a really great class that was kind of like a practice in creativity. Um, and it the idea was that creativity is a habit and it's some it's a skill that you can practice just like anything mm-hmm. else. And it's not like this magic thing that just comes out of the air. <laughs> hmm. Um, now, do you think as an athlete that actually really like kind of struck a chord? Because I think we think like you kind of have to learn that as an athlete too, right? Like good race results don't just kind of like happen like naturally. Like it's not that the best in the world just happen to be the best in the world and don't have to train that skill. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sure. creativity is the same. Yeah. 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 But I think most most people really don't think about writing or art like that like they kind of assume it's like a natural talent genius kind of thing um Mm -hmm. but you really have to practice it and then it it comes much more easily um Mm -hmm. so i i i've always remembered that which is really i love that you're in a slump (laughs) Mm -hmm. so question is writer's block a real thing (laughs) uh I think yes, but I think you can always get through it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Okay. So what does your writing process look like? I know you've been writing, you know, poetry for a very long time. Um, but let's talk about like your kind of current writing practice. How how are you kind of practicing creativity on the regular and kind of continuing to to write? Because I mean, not only do we have this this book that's coming out on October 5th, but you're still writing new stuff. You're not just like, okay, book's out. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's actually, this is a great timing for that question. Um, because I did just have a pretty good break from writing and I was getting a little nervous about it. Um, cause I also missed it. Um, <laughs> because we were getting the book ready to publish. Um, I had a wedding, <laughs> Lots of things um, going on over the summer. Season, we drove down to Georgia, just a lot of things at once. So it was like a month. Um, and then uh, just the other day, I started writing again. So what I did was I carved out some time where I said, okay, I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to sit outside. It's nice. And um, I'm going to take time for myself um and I'm gonna read so I actually subscribe to a lot of writers on Substacks, and so I get to read essays on like a whole bunch of random things which I realize sounds kind of crazy now like I read essays for fun That sound a little crazy, but I love it. Also, people should subscribe to our Substack, uh, Strong Girl at Substack on Substack. Yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, there's some really interesting ideas. I think, especially when writers get to write about what they really care about, and they don't have to adhere to the structure um, of like a publication or an editor or anything. Like they're really free, and you you can tell the difference. Um, so, uh, there was something in there that got me and then I just started writing 
And then it was funny, I was going through my email and I saw another headline about how there's no women at Rampage. Yep. Yep. And I was like, oh my God, this is driving me crazy. Another one. Like, like the first one you're like, yeah, that sucks. Like, that's terrible. But then it's like, okay, this is really getting attention. Um, so I wrote about it. And uh, I think we're going to see that poem come out. But um, mm-hmm. I was I was really excited. But it, it was it was the process of sitting down, reading, writing at first something bad. <laughs> and then the next one was a little bit better. And then the next one was better. And then um, after editing that last one about Rampage, I was like super stoked Um and since then, like, I think that evening, I even wrote some more poems this morning. I wrote some things like it just the the snowball is, is going. Um, nice. So, nice. Yeah. Now, poet, like I know with when I'm writing any prose, especially when it's fiction, I always say that you have a shitty first draft. And that's just like you expect that. I think poetry, that's even more that just happens even more because poetry is so word by word, Mm -hmm. like perfection. So I think when you're first like throwing an idea and sometimes you just end up with like absolute bangers on the first try, like don't get me wrong, but I do think that like poetry does like end up being a lot of iterations. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which can, which can feel really scary if like you're writing and the first few are like pretty bad. It's like, damn, did I forget how to do this? <laughs> like, completely? <laughs> but I yep, didn't. yep. Yeah, no, I completely get that. Now, are you an analog or a digital person? Do you like doing your first drafts in a notebook? Are you a computer person? Are you a whatever happens to be around me person? Uh, notebook. Notebook and pen. Uh, usually a favorite pen. <laughs> I love it. Do you have like a specific pen or like, is it like, oh, yes, I have to have the, uh, what is the point <laughs> two like, millimeter? Like, no, no, I think I have like uh, some Sharpie felt tip, um, different colors. I really like those. But yeah, notebook all the time. If I don't have a notebook, I'll do it on my phone. Yeah. It's like, I like asking about apps. Do you, like, if you are taking notes on the phone, do you use just the notes app to like make notes yeah. yourself or? Yeah. Well, and I mean, as a cyclist, I know, you know, a lot of your poems are writing about the experience of riding or, you know, doing any activity. So do you end up like on rides being like, I need to pull over to write down this line right now or like voice memos into your phone? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I will stop if it's, if it's, if it, it's like it better be good for me to stop you know but yeah yeah but yeah <laughs> like sometimes I have an idea and I'm like mm, that one that one I don't maybe don't need to say for later but <laughs> if I can remember it at the end of this interval I'll stop and write it down otherwise we're gonna yeah. keep going it's actually funny I a while ago I got an apple watch with the idea that on my runs or rides I would be able to record ideas because you can do voice memos on the watch Turns out I never did it. Uh, Not once. 
like had it for like a couple of years and just never used it. So I got rid of it because I think it was almost too easy. I think if the idea is like good enough to warrant like taking out my phone, then it's yeah. worth writing down. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the other thing I wanted to ask you about with your poetry is, you know, it's, it's so interesting as a writer, especially when you're kind of writing about your own experiences, deciding how much of yourself to share. And poetry is interesting because you can kind of share without getting into like the nitty gritty details. But how do you kind of like find the line between the the like I'm this is personal. I'm not talking about this in my poetry versus like being like quite open, which you are in in your poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So I first of all, like the first step is just writing whatever I'm feeling and not censoring it and not thinking about, is this going to go on Instagram or not? Um, or is mm-hmm. this going to go on the book? Um, write whenever I need to write. And then um, I think take some time away from it. Uh, mm-hmm. come back. And I mean, that's always just a general, like, is it actually good or not <laughs> situation? Um also a good idea when you're trying to send like an angry email or angry text or any of those things as well. Like never post as soon as you've written it is a, is probably a good rule for anything where you're like, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's also a good measure. Um, well, I, I think I show every single poem to my husband, Artur, um, and then some closer family as well um and I think if it can get past those um I want to say barriers (laughs) like you know if it passes um if people aren't a little like "Ooh, are you sure you want to say that (laughs) (laughs) then uh, well it's a question whenever you get that like are you sure you want to say that that's almost like it's a double edge because you're like on one hand you're like absolutely I do and then on the other hand you're like oh crap do I (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. it's like almost a validation or a like caution sign yeah could go either way yeah but also um I'm much more comfortable I've gotten better but I, generally I'm much more comfortable expressing myself through writing than speaking so I also know that if I'm sharing anything that I've written um there's been a lot of thought put into it mm-hmm. and I've been able to take my time with it um, and it's probably as close to like presentable as it's going to be if I was going to say it out loud either, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Now you mentioned, you know, discussing poems with like husband, family, friends. Have you ever tried any of like the like writers groups or poets groups or masterminds or anything? Because I know that's such a common like tip for new authors or authors at any level. And I have always personally not found it helpful. I'm more of a, we'll say lone wolf here, but uh, yeah. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. Um, I did some of that when I was younger, which I think was really helpful um, when I was more unsure about my writing. Um mm-hmm. But we've talked about, like, the book being pretty niche. Um, I also think my style of writing is pretty unique. Um, 
it doesn't fit with a lot of the like literary um kind of maybe more fiction side like it's a lot closer to spoken word but it's also mm. because I want it to be accessible and I want people to understand what I'm saying I don't want them to read it and go now what is she talking about totally and it's funny I would say yeah like reading all of your stuff it really does like I almost hear it in my head when I read it instead of just seeing it um which is very cool and the the one the one poem that we have on the postcards like that one gets stuck in my head mm. all the time which is oh, fantastic so cool. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like this is a good this was a good book to put out I'm like if it's stuck in my head that's got to be a good sign <laughs> yeah yeah so not not so much with with other writers because I think it's like so specific um and also I you know it's publishing is new for me but writing is not new for me and I think I've always known whether something's really good or not like inside um so I think that's important to like trust yourself on that mm -hmm. and even like even if you love it but nobody else loves it like you still have that feeling mm-hmm no, absolutely. And I mean, as, as you kind of pointed out with the niche thing, it is definitely a tricky one where you're like, okay, I can find this group of, you know, local writers to me that meet at the library every week, but they don't ride bikes or like do yeah. outdoor activities. So like they might understand poetry or be interested in poetry, but they don't understand anything about the subject matter, Yeah, which makes it like, you know, even though we should be able to talk about any type of writing in a group like that, it does kind of make it, you almost would be better reading your poems during a group ride and getting the, <laughs> like, checking the vibe on that. Yeah. Um, okay, well, before we get to the book, the other thing I wanted to ask about with your poetry was, like, you, you know, finally, it was pretty recently that you made the decision to really, like, start sharing it more and more on your social. So what did that decision look like? Oh my God. It was terrible. And this was actually how you and I like first connected yeah. was because like that was what you were asking about. It was so terrifying. Um, it actually started. So um, it was like, I think it was January last year. I applied for an entrepreneurship program under Allison Testret. And it was called Athlete to Enterprise. And I applied for a scholarship from Bridge the Gap um, because I wanted to start promoting my work and seeing what I could do with it. Um, and I, I remember I applied, but I was, I was like so inspired by like the pitch for her program about just starting things, even when you're not like fully ready or you don't think you're ready. Um, I was like, oh, I'm just going to do it. So I just, um, yeah, I mean, it sounds easy. I just, I just posted it, but like, <laughs> there's a lot of things that went into that. Like, um, I remember I told you, I was trying to figure out what the graphics should look like, um, the quotes, and I made a whole bunch of like really complicated graphics. <laughs> and then I was like, uh, it's too much. Like I want people <laughs> to focus on the words. I don't want them to get lost in in the graphic. 
Um, but mm-hmm. I also didn't want to do just like plain text on my Instagram because I wanted it to be a little more creative than that. <clears throat> Even though I followed a lot of poets on Instagram, so I was seeing all the different styles that people had. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I imagine that was like kind of scary thing because that was like sort of really kind of coming out as this poet, like in, you know, when most of your followers aren't poets, they're cyclists. Yeah. Uh, So it is kind of a a scary thing, kind of putting out this thing that you're not really sure how the world is going to react to it. I mean, you know, you're probably not going to get like hate mail for it, but, you know, it's it's really scary. Like having put out a lot of books, like it's terrifying when they're out because you're just like, I hope people care about this <laughs> is more like what I'm always worried about. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you care about it so much. Um, and yeah. I remember I posted it. Actually, the first thing I posted was I, I read a poem and I posted it. And as soon as I posted, I thought I was going to feel better. And I actually felt worse. I was like, Oh, this is really horrifying. Um, and then I was like waiting to see what the reactions were. Um, and I think I just got like a few likes and I was like, Hmm, what does that mean? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wait, am I happy about this or where, where, how am I feeling? Yeah. And I, Um, I I got a message from a friend, a cycling friend, um, and, or he messaged my dad actually. And he was like, is Mackenzie okay? And oh my I was, God. Like, so mad. I was like, yeah, I'm okay. Like, is being introspective bad? Like, he said, it's very introspective. And I was like, it's weird because I'm showing this publicly, but I have always been that. You know, I've always. That's been hilarious. That. It's introspective. Is she okay? <laughs> And, like, part of me, like, appreciated that. And part of me was, like, I'm fine. Like, I'm great. I'm actually, the fact that I'm sharing this means I'm feeling really good. So, yeah, a weird, a bit of a weird thing, but. Um, oh, that's really funny. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, and flash forward, you know, now we have this book coming out and, you know, very exciting. Um, we we made this decision like a few months ago that we were going to do this very like graphic designed hardcover book with photos. You know, we could have just gone like very simple, like straightforward poetry book, but you really wanted this. So talk to me about like what made you want this specific like type of book, because I'm like psyched we did it, but it was definitely like you, you put, you're the one that like really pushed for that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm trying to remember where it came from. I think definitely one of the elements was that Artur is a photographer, and I knew that there was huge potential for photography to be, like, a big element of the book, um, and creative photography, too. So, like, not just pictures of me riding a bike or racing a bike or whatever, like, the details um mm-hmm. and, and um I think details that are related to the poems um like I mean I think mindfulness is a big one 
um, and and uh, noticing emotions. So kind of like places and things that make you feel emotions. Um, so like there's some pictures of the ocean in there, um, which is really important to me. I mean, when I ride in Nova Scotia, um, almost always near water um and i almost always stop at some point um and just kind of have a moment um looking at the water um so i wanted to share stuff like that um mm -hmm. and and also just um just to follow the kind of the theme of the book of doing things that people don't expect you to do like mm -hmm share poetry publicly um write poetry about cycling like what <laughs> yeah yeah and I think the the way it turned out is actually this like very it's very experiential like you really flip through it and it feels like so much more than if it had just been you know your standard like you know five by eight inch like 100 page book it's it's a whole experience it's very immersive reading it um, and I'm super happy we did it this way, even though like, you know, we'll be honest on here. Like it definitely does eat into profits to do it this way, but the product I think is so much better that, you know, I'm, I'm glad we did it this way. Yeah. Um, I love however. to hear that it's immersive because I think I, um, it's kind of an ode to like magazines, mm -hmm. um, and those, those big spreads and and exactly like you said like being immersed in something and going wow like yeah. what, what is it as they're having big letters catch your eye and and go mm -hmm. what is that and why is that quote that like why did she choose that one yeah yeah oh I love that and as someone who started her publishing career in you know homemade zines back in uh 2003 um I, I really like love that. Like, you know, same, same kind of thing. If I like pull out one of my old ones going to, even though we don't use the video, just, just to put it out there. Like, you know, I had this and like, it was like all of the stuff was, you know, done like this instead of like, where it's like the, you know, collage style and yeah. everything's like taped on the page and glued on the page because it, it, even though, you know, it could have just been white with black words, it, it wouldn't have had the same like vibe and feel to it. Um, yeah, yeah, so for sure. I love that. Um, okay, but that said, you did do all these photos and the book design and stuff with your husband. How was that? <laughs> You're still married. Yeah. Uh, so you survived. Um but I, I, you know, I think that's something that people often wonder about, like when you are working with your partner, how did you go back and forth, especially when it's creative and it's so subjective, yeah. right? Like the, you could have so many moments where you're like, I don't like this. And he's like, well, I think it's the greatest thing in the entire universe. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first of all, I think overall it was awesome. Um, we had a lot of fun with it. Um, I think the most challenging thing was the cover because he had this idea to do, I forget it's, it's like superimpose or something. There's a word for it. Put <laughs> the two pictures together. Um, he had that idea. And then I had an idea of like exactly how they would 
go together or like how they would blend or which direction I would be facing, which direction the bike would be facing and like mm-hmm. the face would be and all this. Well, and I, and like at a third party here, like I was also pushing in with like, like my takes on it and all of that. So you also had my, my voice chirping. So it was, it was a lot of inputs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, so there was a lot of versions of that cover. Um, and I think that's like, we had to learn to work together um, through that. And then after that, I think the rest of the book was a lot easier. Also that's like, yeah. the most complicated graphic thing. Um, Cause he took, and he took both of those photos but um yeah it was like stuff like i was like i was thinking this and then he'd like go away and make it um on photoshop and then he'd show it to me and i was like "Ooh, that's not really what i was thinking <laughs> and he's like why are you not just in my brain <laughs> figuring this out come on yeah so we realized that like i should really be sitting next to him um mm and 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 looking at it together like as he's working or like checking in before he like completes the whole thing and is like so happy I mean it looked good you know it's just like about the exact idea that you want um yeah 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 (laughs) but (laughs) otherwise um we had a lot of fun with it and we do stuff like um I would come up with some basic design ideas or or the layouts um on canva and then i would show it to him and ask him what he thinks and um he would adjust some things or say i I love that i love this there wasn't really any like that's a dumb idea yeah (laughs) just like which is good because otherwise that's problematic but yeah but there was a lot of like i love that we should do more of that here or we should do something like that Mm -hmm. with this other thing um Mm -hmm. So love that. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's shift gears to now where we're at, where the book is coming out and, you know, you've done such a good job so far with like, especially the local side of like the, the PR. So, I mean, oh my gosh, like, you know, back in July, you were on, you know, TV, you were on the radio, like, and not just like the little, like little stuff you're on, like CBC, like the radio in Canada. Um, so talk to me about the the local news stuff like you know how did that work how how was the experience of like showing up in the the green room with your mountain bike and like wheeling it in and doing that interview yeah um it was really interesting it's so funny because like when I when I was reaching out to them and like setting up the times I was really stoked I was like yeah we're doing stuff for the book and then it'd be like the night before and I'm like oh shit (laughs) crap I've made a huge mistake yeah um but I was like I have to do this like I have to do this for the book and for myself and um so I think uh a lot of a lot of stuff with this book I think about my 12 year old self and what she would think of like going on tv to talk about my book um first of all like just stoked but second of all absolutely not yeah like absolutely freaking (laughs) terrified like under the desk yeah 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 no would not would not happen um 
so it's pretty cool to think about it like that mm -hmm. um, and then the actual experiences um really nice the hosts were really nice um the hostess dtv is actually a cyclist so nice. um that was pretty cool um yeah definitely weird to like think about what gets shown on tv and then like you walk into the actual room and like it's tiny and there's like yeah. not much in there <laughs> and like, this is we'll... not as fancy as i thought it would be yeah. <laughs> yeah no the what the the leather chairs are in one corner and everything else is cement <laughs> yep yep well, and I think, you know, I wanted to bring this up because I do think people listening to this, like, you know, anytime you're talking about like trying to, you know, promote your business, I think we, we tend to ignore local news these days in favor of like, you know, Instagram and Instagram ads and kind of trying to go more in the like international, like global audience direction. But there's so much we can gain from like the local news and they're always looking for stories, I think is like the mm -hmm. other like major yeah. plus of local news is like, they've got a lot of time to fill. So if you can come to them with like a cool concept or idea, like, yeah, they're probably going to listen to you uh, in a way that like, you know, the the top podcasts might not because they have so many like big things yeah. coming at them all the time. Not to say that we're not doing global international things with this book. We are doing a lot of that, but um, definitely not ignoring the local news. I mean, even from a practice standpoint or experience standpoint mm -hmm. and having that as a thing that you've done is super cool. Like we get to put on the website, you were on global news and CTV and CBC yeah. and like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was also really cool. Um, so like, I don't even know who really listens to radio anymore, but like, okay. So funny enough me, though, heard so me on the radio. And here's the hilarious thing. Like I was sitting in our friend's house in Nova Scotia because we were all out there for nationals. And I was just like typing away in like the kitchen. And my friend comes in from the living room and he's like, hey, do you know that girl Mackenzie Maya? Like she's a, she's a racer. And I was like, yes, I did. And like, I hadn't really like filled him in on like everything we were up to. Uh, so he had no idea. And he's like, oh yeah, she's like on the radio right now. So he was literally listening to it and just like happened to, he like thought oh, maybe God. I would know who you were. And I was like, yes, I am aware. Yes. This is very exciting for me. Excuse me. <laughs> That's crazy. Like you can't make that up. That's so funny. No, it was so good. Oh my gosh. It like made my day. Um, and I mean, you know, you've also done a really good job with like thinking about the local cycling community. So you're doing some great stuff with Georgia Cyclocross. And I think like that's another really fun one. And I have to say, for me, this is a huge like callback moment because my I don't know if I've ever like explained this to you. My first book deal I got from Mudstone and Cyclocross, I got when I was down in Georgia in February training like for the next like upcoming road season. And there is a small publisher down there. And I was chatting with him at like, I think a cross practice. And I was saying like, yeah, like I have this idea. I really want to write this book about like the state of American cyclocross and like, you know, a brief history of it, blah, blah. And he's like, you, you know, I work at a publishing company, right? And I was like, I did not know that, but like, hang on while I just throw this proposal together and send it to you. Uh, so if it wasn't for Georgia cyclocross, I might not have had my first published book 
and all of the stuff that's come after it. So I feel like this is just like such an amazing, like great full circle moment that you're also down at Georgia Cyclocross now with your book. And this is like more than a decade since I have mine. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's such a great community down here. It really is. Like you wouldn't think, but they have a pretty strong crossing. Mm Hmm. No, it's super strong and yeah, super grassroots and super fun. Like they've really managed to keep the fun in it, I think, in a really cool way while still being really fast. Like it's not like it's like, oh, we're just like messing around down here. Like it's, it's hard. Yeah. And they're also extremely well organized. Like you, like for events planning, it's, it's pretty impressive. You know, when you, when you travel um quite a bit and then then a lot of other races and um that are not that organized <laughs> yeah You're like wait this is a local series this isn't like a semi-international event kind of situation happening here yeah yeah which yeah. actually they're the last weekend of the georgia cross season is a double header c2 nice yeah so they, yeah, they're so- moving up I love it. I love it. Well, okay. As we, as we wrap up here, give us your, give us your current schedule. Like what are you racing? And then like, I know we have some stuff that we're like in the works planning for Nova Scotia in the winter. What's the, what's like the outline of, of what's going on with you? Yeah. So right now, starting this weekend, actually, um, is there's almost a Georgia cross race every weekend. Some of them are double headers. Um, so that's going to go until the end of November. Um, I'm going to do that, uh, aiming for the overall, um, that'll be super fun. I'm going to have some events with the book. Um, I'm also going to do, um, there's a C1 in Hendersonville, North Carolina, like late November that I'm really excited about. Um, and the last weekend of Georgia Cross, like I mentioned, there's two C2s. Um, so I'm going to aim for that one. I was considering going to nationals, but it's a hike. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whether it's from Nova Scotia or from Georgia, um, I don't think that's going to happen this year. But um, so I'm doing... That's three UCI races. Um, if they go well, I do have in the back of my mind that I could qualify for Worlds, mm. which is February second in Czech. So there's a little there's a little carrot back there. <laughs> interesting, interesting. I love it. I love it. And then ideally, the plan is to be back in Nova Scotia for December to do some winter events with the book at a couple of different places that we're yes. still sorting out, which is very exciting. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think, again, that's something that you've done a really good job with is kind of these continued talks with the local like bike and sporting good shops. Um, and again, I think that's something that like everyone can take from this is like, you know, whether you you know a lot of the time you do have to kind of keep connecting with these people like places like will be like oh yeah like we might be interested in that and it's very easy to just kind of be like okay they said maybe i'm just gonna like wait forever and like just that's that's that but you've done a really good job at like if they say maybe or yes like we're gonna keep working on that to actually get a thing 
on the calendar and get it figured out. We're not just like waiting for them to come yeah. back with next steps because that never happens. Yeah, which is hard. It takes a lot of mental energy to just like- So much energy. Pushing it. But I'm like, if you haven't straight up said no, I'm just going to keep gently pushing or asking questions or reminding you or mm-hmm. saying, have you looked at the sample or- um, do you need me to send the link to the order form again? <laughs> yep. And that's what you have to do. Like that is, that is how this works, uh, you know, for, for better or worse. That's, that's how we're, how the, how the world goes. So awesome. Okay. Before we, before we end here, tell everyone where they can follow you. And of course, everyone can go to stronggirlpublishing.com to get not just the book, but also a guided journal based on prompts from your poetry and some really cool merch based on some of the designs in the book and some lines in the book and so much cool stuff. But where can they find you on the the interwebs? Yeah. So uh, you can find me on Instagram, Mackenzie Myatt. Um, should probably change my Instagram handle because no one knows what it means. Um, it is supposed to be short form for Kenzie Mountain Biker, <laughs> but you can put that in the show notes and people can look at that and, and have fun. I will put that in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> I do admit it took me a long time to figure that out too. Uh, I know it now, but if you do search just your name, you do come up. So there is that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's a picture of me with with my helmet on. Um, yeah. And uh I do have a website mackenziemaya.ca. Um perfect. But most of everything is is Strong Girl Publishing right now. Yep, and that's where you can get In Defense of Big Dreams, which I am so so excited about. Ah, well, Mackenzie, thank you for taking the time to to chat and talk all things poetry and publicity, the very opposite ends of the spectrum, but equally important. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for tuning into the Business of Fitness podcast. Hopefully you got a lot from this episode and hopefully it's going to help you with your business in the fitness industry. Make sure you're following along with me over at at Molly J. Herford and at business.of.fitness over on Instagram. Keep up with Feisty over at livefeisty.com for tons of fun stuff. And of course, if you like this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave us a rating and review. Thanks so much, and we'll see you soon.